Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to the 2023 edition of the Christmas Movie Countdown here at Allentown Presents. I'm your host, Katie, and I am joined by my handsome husband, Otis. Oh, thank you. And we will be reviewing a Christmas movie every night from December 1st to Christmas. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode number three, Fred Claus. (laughs) So this movie... As a basic rundown, before I get into the real plot, is Vince Vaughn having to deal with the fact that his brother, Paul Giamatti, is Santa Claus. <laughs> now, on that alone, you can tell that this movie's going to be probably really freaking funny. And that's the whole synopsis of this film, basically. <laughs> uh, and the shenanigans that happen from it. So, Otis, what did you think of Fred Claus? This was a cool idea. And I know in different comic books and cartoons, it's always the popular brother. And then, well, what about the family? You know, what about the, the family has to deal with the absurdity of this cool relative? And I've never thought about what if Santa Claus had family? Because I think in all the versions that we see of Santa Claus, it's just an only child, right? Most of them, yeah. Yeah. I think the the claymation one, when he was just like a redhead back in the day, I think he was just... Was he an orphan? I don't know. I can't remember. Either he has a family, or he just got, got lost, and he grew up. I don't know. There's a lot of newer versions of Santa who has, like, kids and things yeah. like that, but not a lot where that deal with, like, him having immediate family. Like, they... We don't ever really see, like, his parents or his siblings, if he has any, but we do see... There are... There's a particularly good series on Netflix called uh, The Klaus Family. I've seen you um, watch it. Yeah, yeah it's like, uh, I think it's Norwegian. Um, and it basically deals with the lineage of Santa Claus and how the role of Santa Claus is supposed to be handed down almost like a kinghood or a kingship, oh, okay, okay. whatever the, however the fuck you're supposed to say that. Um, but it's handed down like to the the son and to the son and to the son. Um, but Santa's son in that series ends up passing away. Um, so then it has to go to Santa's grandson who is actually really young. So Santa has to like keep doing the job for extra long into his, what would be retired years and kind of explain and get his grandson into it. Yeah. So this movie with that sub plot to it, well, no, that's the main plot. The subplot's kind of there. It's weird. I like this movie. It was a bit long, I will say, for a Christmas film. And it was very silly. People would get hit and things would happen and they would use the silliest clown sounds. And the way the elves looked and stuff, I thought it made it feel like this was a kid's movie with just, you know, funny adults in it. But this movie's long as balls. And I don't know. It... It feels like a a film with kid themes. Like, it's about Santa Claus. That's a kid thing, you know? And it was kind of adulty in spots, but I liked it. I liked it. The, the villain was just there and kind of stupid, but usually with Santa Claus situations, the bad guy is kind of just there. <laughs> usually, I like when the villain is... We're out of time. We gotta deliver the presents. That's a better villain than like, I'm an evil person. I think it's kind of stupid. So yeah. So uh, I liked this movie. I saw this movie once, like a decade ago, and liked it then. But then never watched it again for a really long time, and just forgot that I enjoyed this film until we watched it just recently for this. Um, and yeah, it's decent. I would say it's not one of those movies that you need to be watching every year. Oh, no. Um, It definitely gives, I mean, kind of the same feel of his, of Vince Vaughn's other Christmas movie, which is uh, Four Christmases. And it's kind of like, well, that movie specifically is very much for uh, adults. But this movie, um, they, like Otis said, they definitely did try to make it kid-friendly or family-friendly with all the weird, like, sounds and stuff. And it played very cartoony, I would say, um, when they when weird things would happen. 
Um, and I know you guys have seen this in cartoons for sure, but in also in some other movies, like somebody will slip on ice and they'll do like a weird, you know, boing sound, like a spring sound, <laughs> because ha ha ha, that person fell on their butt and it sounds like a spring. There was a lot of that in this movie and it was unnecessary. Yeah. I think if they went through and re-edited this movie, they would take all that shit out because it didn't serve a purpose in this movie. Um and it was just like it felt really out of place. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, aside from the weird sounds and the not good CGI of the elves, this movie was pretty good. It was really funny, and it definitely had that Christmassy feeling. I would say it definitely gave you the Christmas feel. Absolutely, because it's it's a lot more time at the the North Pole, which a lot of movies North Pole is like third act the afterthought they're heading into it and you see a little bit of it but this movie just like i, I keep going back to santa claus because that movie is like about santa claus yeah. and less about christmas it's santa claus story and it's always cool to see that background it's always spiffy to see more of the north pole and stuff i agree okay so now we'll get into the actual plot so this movie starts out in the mid-19th century, which is the 1800s, for those of you who don't do math. <laughs> and we see uh, young Frederick Klaus uh, growing up with his brother, Nicholas. And Frederick is his family's pride and joy. <clears throat> he is, you know, number one. And then his younger brother, Nicholas, is born. And he vows, little Frederick vows at that moment that he is going to be the best brother in the world to Nicholas. He's going to take care of him. He's going to do all these things. Um, and he sticks with that for a little while. Yeah. But as Nick grows up um, throughout their childhood, Nick turns into Saint Nick. He becomes what we all know as Saint Nick or Santa Claus. Um, and the selflessness and kind attitude that Nick always has to everybody else um, makes his mom and dad dote on him hand and foot, like absolutely adore him, and causes Fred to just become like an afterthought. Nobody's thinking about Frederick. And, you know, as a kid, this totally ruins him. Fucking Fred sucks, is like, man. yo, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> so Fred starts to become like have a strained relationship with Nick and um, Nick isn't really sure why uh, but he's always trying as the younger brother he's always trying to make his older brother happy so Fred goes off into the woods one day uh, after a particularly upsetting event with his with Nicholas and is hanging out in his favorite tree and chatting with his friend a little bird called Chirp Chirp <laughs> and, you know, this is just a kid having his own fantasy. He's chit-chatting with the bird. And then his brother Nick comes out and wanting to be super generous and helpful and friendly to Fred, he decides to cut down Fred's favorite tree and bring it in the house. Like, you love this tree so much, I wanted to bring it into the house so you could see it all the Ugh. time and have it. And Chirp Chirp, of course, flies away, never to be seen again, because his tree got chopped down. And Fred is just like, are you fucking kidding me? I hate you at this moment. <laughs> this kid is like, why the fuck would you do that? Um, and everyone else deems Nick a saint because he's so good and he's so selfless. And he gives away all his Christmas, like all his uh, oh. birthday presents, even a... What was it? A, a journal. A that journal that was engraved. inscribed yeah. with his name that Fred had made him. And it was just like heartbreaking. Ugh. It was so sad. Like I get being selfless and all of that, but that I, was super I, fucked I've up. I've been that kid and no one no one looks at you. And sometimes it's fun because I used to just play games all day. But I've been that kid where you see the other one just like, oh, I blew up that house. Like, don't worry, baby. You're fine. I'm like, what? They just doing wild shit and y'all think it's cool. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Y'all hate me. It's all good. I'm just gonna sit over here and be mad. <laughs> no, I get it. I absolutely get it, man. So then we move to the present and we know that Nick is now Santa Claus. He has become this magic person. 
And they mention in the movie, once you become a saint, once you have officially been deemed a saint, you and your family are gifted with immortality. So Saint Nick will live forever, his mom and dad will live forever, and Fred will live forever. Um, as well as any women that they choose to marry along the way. That's a cool, that's a cool gift. Yeah. <laughs> so Santa is, of course, you know, he's doing his job up at the North Pole. He's delivering uh, gifts all over the world. And Fred is a repo officer. The fucking opposite. <laughs> the absolute opposite in Chicago. <laughs> Fred wants nothing to do with his brother's fucking image or anything that he likes. He's like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, your kids need this TV? I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> sorry about it, you didn't pay your bills. Um, and Fred lives alone, uh, and he is friends with an orphan named Slam, who just, like, sneaks in his window. Or not sneaks in, I guess, but comes yeah. in through his window. He lives, like, in the building. Um, and they're really close. Fred looks after Slam as much as he can, uh, but... You know, he's not his dad and not paying attention to him yeah. as much he, he, he as, a, like, some, a parent he would. He gives him some love, but yeah, it's yeah. not his kid, so. Yeah. After a series of horrible, uh, broken promises to his girlfriend and a fight with a bunch of Salvation Army Santas. He was doing pretty good for a little bit. He was. Uh, Fred gets arrested, which causes him to miss a very important like anniversary was it anniversary or birthday dinner birthday uh birthday dinner that he had quote reserved for his girlfriend wanda played by rachel weiss wanda has had it up to fucking here with fred and she dumps him on the spot she's like i can't fucking do this dude like you i am an afterthought to you you didn't even think about this like you forgot about my birthday, you reserved a shitty-ass restaurant, like, we're done. So, Fred has been trying to raise money to create an illegal casino. He has, like, this plan <laughs> that he's going to buy out this building, or rent out this building that's open, um, and... In it, he's going to put a casino, and he's going to make hella money, and then he'll be able to pay off all his debts and pay off whoever, right? But to get it, he has to put down a down payment, and he doesn't have all the money for a down payment, which is why he was he got in trouble with the Salvation Army people, because he was, like, trying to... <laughs> he had a little bucket, and he was out there, like, ringing his bell, trying to get yeah, his money. And, and I guess he was making some pretty good money, because the other Santas are like, hey, wh wh where's your card? Well, and they were stealing, he was stealing money from the Salvation Army because every time somebody would go up to go put money in the Salvation Army buckets, he would, like, call out to them, like, hey, the Salvation Army sucks. Don't do that. Go to people helping people or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, man. What a goon. <laughs> he was a fucking goon. Uh, so, of course, while he's in jail, his first call is to Wanda, and Wanda doesn't want to fucking hear any of it. She's like, we're not cool like that. I'm out. Bye. Then Fred is like, well, fuck. I guess I gotta call my brother. And he calls Nick and asks for bail money and seed money for his casino. Uh, Nick agrees on the condition that Fred comes to the North Pole to work for all the money. And Fred begrudgingly agrees. Uh, right after this is happening, um... Fred gets out of jail and he goes back to his apartment and then Slam comes in his window and is like, hey, say you're my dad and just trust, trust me, just say you're my dad. And then CPS workers come in and we find out that Slam has been living basically by himself because oh. his dad was, had passed away and his mom was in jail or something yeah. like that. Um, so CPS had come to take him away. So Slam is now in an orphanage. So that night, uh, head elf Willie comes in the sleigh to escort Fred to the North Pole. And Nick decides to give Fred the task of assigning children as naughty or nice based on their behavior. Basically, he gets a fat-ass pile 
of paperwork, which is seen in a bunch of Christmas movies where the people who are pushing paperwork in the North Pole yeah. just have like stacks on stacks on stacks yeah. of every names. Every kid, I guess. You have to... Yeah, every kid who believes in Santa is just like in this giant pile. So he's going through these little things and trying to decide whether these kids are naughty or nice and giving them the stamp of naughty or nice. And uh, as this is happening, we also see an efficiency expert named Clyde Northcutt (laughs) show up at the North Pole. From the agency which monitors the activities of supernatural entities. Uh, And by supernatural entities, I mean Santa, the Easter Bunny, like Cupid, things like that. Like they're dealing with the holiday world. Uh, It's kind of like... What was that? There was like a cartoon movie, Rise of the Guardians, I think. Yeah, they all know about each other and they were like teaming up. Yeah, like and the it, Easter Bunny and all of that. They're all it, it reminded me of the Mel Gibson one, Fat Man, where the government knew he was a thing and they yeah. were like, hey, just keep your numbers up and we won't like stop you. Yeah, it was very similar to, yeah. to Fat Man, but you know, like 15 years early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But yeah, so uh, Clyde Northcutt is here, and he is in charge of monitoring the efficiency of the North Pole. Now, Clyde Northcutt is played by Kevin Spacey, and when he came on the screen, both Otis and I made this, like, grumbly sound. Just like a, ugh. (laughs) Isn't that dude gay? (laughs) (laughs) Not that being gay is a problem. Uh, The reason I said it like that was because when he got caught touching people underage... His go-to excuse was, I'm gay. And they're like, we don't give a fuck, my dude. Being you were touching does, somebody. Being gay does not drunk. excuse pedophilia. Yeah. It's like, you were uh, a pedophile. That was, uh, That's he, different. he came out to try to, like, Save face. catch people off guard. I'm like, I don't care if you're gay. Stop touching people <laughs> when you're drunk, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Kevin's face is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> So he's here to analyze the North Pole's dwindling performance on a three-strike assessment. This is where the movie kind of turns into a little bit of Elf. Yeah. Because, you know, the North Pole is having a harder time keeping up with... In this movie, it's about the keeping up with the amount of things that kids want. Because kids' wish lists back in the day used to be just like, I want a hula hoop. I want... Um, a fire truck toy or whatever. Like it was yeah. like one little toy. And now kids are asking for, I want an Xbox and this game and this game and a <laughs> controller and a this and a this and a this. And you know, their lists that they send to Santa are like 15 things long and multiply that times millions of kids all around the world. And you can see how it'd be impossible for the North pole to keep up. So Kevin Spacey is here to be like, if you fuck up three times, we're done. We're shutting down the North pole. So, we get a little glimpse of the workshop. We get to see all the elves working. Santa introduces Fred to some different main characters, uh, main elves in the story. We've already met Willie. He is the, like, head elf. Yeah, like, um, I can't remember his name. Bernard. Yeah, Bernard. From the Santa Claus. Kind of like that level. Yeah, He he still works, but he, he is trusted to take care of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there is uh, Elizabeth Banks' character, who I cannot remember for the life of me. I think she had a normal name, too, I think. Uh, I want to say it's like Wendy. Charlene. There you go. (laughs) Not Wendy. (laughs) Not a normal name. Charlene. (laughs) Charlene. So Elizabeth Banks, she's Charlene. She's basically um, the operations expert of the North Pole. She's the one keeping tabs on, like, okay, well, we have this many like toys still to make and this many kids and this many nights and this many hours like can't she's crunching the numbers figuring out if we can do all the things and we also are introduced to the workshops dj donnie played by the worst cgi version uh of Ludacris's head on an elf body (laughs) fucking weird man and um so fred is in his office doing his job trying to figure out whether kids are naughty or nice, and DJ Donnie is playing Here Comes Santa Claus over and over and (laughs) over. And Fred comes out and yells at him, like, dude, pick another song. I'm going crazy. Like, this might work for all the elves, but I can't. Pick another song. And he doesn't. He puts on (laughs) Here Comes Santa Claus again. 
So Fred starts a fight with DJ Donnie and puts on. Oh, it was what some does he Elvis put on? song. Yeah, puts on some Elvis song. It was a cover of like an Elvis song. And starts a like crazy party on yeah. the <laughs> production room floor. And all the elves are like dancing and having a great time. And this disruption leads to, of course, Northcutt coming in and witnessing this craziness. And the North Pole gets its first strike. So Nick gets mad at Fred uh, and basically forces him, because he fucked up, forces him to have dinner that evening with their parents. Um, And his wife, Annette, who is garbage. Mrs. Claus is the worst variation of Mrs. Claus I've ever seen on film. Damn, shut up. We'll talk about it later. We will talk (laughs) about it later. (laughs) Uh, Later that night... Northcutt goes into Fred's office, like the area that he is in that has all the naughty and nice letters, and he shreds a ton of the children's letters. And the next morning, of course, Fred is falsely blamed for losing the letters. And there's no backup copies because these are all handwritten letters that these kids have sent in to Santa. So that leads to the North Pole's second strike. Now, not believing Fred's denials, because Nick has known Fred for years, uh, years and years and years, and knows how shitty Fred actually is, uh, Nick has his security abduct Fred and brings him to an intervention uh, with their parents, uh, Nick's wife, Annette, which is Mrs. Claus, Wanda, his ex-girlfriend, and a psychologist. Um, And... While they're talking about all these things, Wanda just gets up and leaves because Fred is too self-centered and obnoxious and she can't handle it. Um, And Fred gets upset that she left and insults Nick and gets mad at the parents for all the favoritism and stuff that they told or that they have forever been pushing on Nick. Yeah. So after the intervention... Fred goes to this, they have this like snow globe thing where you can look into it and say somebody's name and where the city that they're from. And it will show you in real time an image of them and what they're doing at that moment. Kind of like the magic mirror in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. How she was like, yeah, let me look at, let me see my father. And it shows her father like going, whatever. It's the same thing. So... Uh, Fred goes to this snow globe and he says, of course, Slam, Slam's real name, uh, Chicago, Illinois. And he sees Slam um, being mean to all of these other kids in the orphanage. And Slam ends up getting put at the top of the naughty list because of it. And what Fred sees is Slam actually reciting word for word this rant that he went on about Santa because of his pent-up feelings about his brother. So immediately Fred's like, damn, I fucked up. Like, I, I'm i the one who caused this kid to be on the naughty list. He's just repeating what I said. Like, none of that stuff is true. Damn, I jacked up. And he decides that Slam does not deserve to be labeled as bad. So he goes back to his office and he stamps Slam's paperwork as nice. And then he thinks about it for a second and realizes, well, you know what? No kid deserves to be on the naughty list. Every kid is nice. And he stamps and stamps and stamps and stamps. And every kid ends up on the nice list. Now, because he did this, the North Pole is now severely behind schedule. Because there are thousands, maybe millions of kids who are supposed to be on the naughty list who are now on the nice list and require a toy. So Nick and Fred get into a snowball fight, which turns into a regular fight, and Nick gets hurt. He injures his back. Now that the North Pole cannot produce enough for every kid, uh, Northcutt decides, okay, that's it. Third strike. I'm pulling the plug. This is the last year, the last time you'll get to send presents out. We're not doing this anymore. We're done. You're done. And... He shuts down the workshop. So Fred leaves and takes his money that Nick owed him 
or that Nick had agreed to give him, and a present that Nick had given to him. And back in Chicago, Fred attends what is possibly the funniest AA-type meeting I've ever seen in a movie. (laughs) And it is siblings of other celebrities trying to cope with the fact that they are the less famous sibling of their, like, family. And it has, like, uh, Sylvester Stallone's brother, Frank. It has Bill Clinton's brother. Uh, I don't remember his name. (laughs) See what I mean? It had one of the Baldwins. It has one of the Baldwins, a Stephen Baldwin. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Stephen, in this meeting, Stephen Baldwin gets hella mad at Fred and, like, starts to try and fight him. And all the rest of the group has to, like, chant at him and calm him down so that he realizes that Fred is not Alec Baldwin. Like, it's not your brother. (laughs) Calm down. It's okay. It's hilarious. So he goes to that meeting and, of course, he tries to explain his situation that he's the brother of Santa Claus. And everyone basically laughs in his face. And he's like, no, I am the same as you guys. My brother is just, like, the most fucking famous person in existence ever. And no one believes him. They're like, bro, this is a real, like, trying to be a help group, and you are shitting on us by <laughs> saying your brother is Santa. Get out, get the fuck out of here. So he leaves and he goes home, and he decides to open his present from Nick. And it is a replica of the birdhouse that Chirp Chirp lived in with a note from Nick apologizing for cutting down his tree. And this immediately melts Fred's heart. He's like, fuck, like, that was the thing I've been waiting hunt like a hundred years for. Um, so Fred uses the money, all the money that Nick had given him, the seed money and the bail money, or I guess he already spent the bail money, but all the seed money that Nick had given him to make his way back to the North Pole. And we get a quick montage of all the different transportation methods he had to use to get to the North Pole like a taxi and then an airplane and then a small little jumper plane and then a sled. Yeah. Sled dogs and then he had to walk. The uh, rest of the way, yeah. He had to walk the rest <laughs> of the way. Um, so when he gets to the North Pole, he goes to, he finds Willie and he basically gets Willie to gather up all the elves and meet him in the workshop. Everybody come to the workshop. Don't tell Nick, just everybody gets to the workshop. So Willie does that, and all the elves meet him in the workshop, and Fred gives this incredibly motivational speech and is like, this doesn't have to be fucking Xboxes and bikes and whatever. The most important thing is that every kid gets a gift, right? So what is the two, what's the easiest gifts we could possibly make? One for girls, one for boys. And the elves are like, oh, well, it's baseball bats for boys and hula hoops for girls. And... Fred's like, great, let's go. Let's start this up and we'll make as many as we possibly can. So all the elves get to work and they make literally like millions of fucking baseball bats and uh, hula hoops for these kids as quickly as possible. And at the deadline, right when it's time to like load up the sleigh and get going, They meet their quota. They have all the gifts. Everyone is, all the kids on the nice list are going to get a gift. But because of his injury, Nick is unable to deliver the gifts. So feeling guilty because he's the reason that Nick can't deliver gifts, Fred decides he will do it because only a clause can deliver gifts. It can't be Willie, even though Willie knows how to fly the sleigh. He'd he'd easily do it. Yeah, Yeah, he knows how to fly the sleigh and stuff, but he is not a clause, so he cannot deliver the gifts. Um, He reminds Nick that most of the naughty kids aren't bad, uh, but they're good kids who are just in um, bad situations and that every kid deserves a gift on Christmas. Absolutely. Um, Fred gets the workshop uh, or loads up the sleigh and Fred and Willie begin to deliver all the gifts, but Northcutt sabotages their efforts and fires the elves. Uh, Nick realizes that Northcutt was also bullied as a child, which caused him to get put on the naughty list. So Nick apologizes to Northcutt for putting him at the top of the naughty list in 1968 and gives him the Superman cape that he asked for as a child. <laughs> So after he puts the Superman cape, or Nick then convinces him to put on the Superman cape, and 
do what Superman would do. You know, Northcutt, with his glasses on, he would never help. Clark Kent doesn't help. He doesn't run into burning buildings and do the thing. But Superman, he helps when there's problems. <laughs> so Nick kind of uses some sneaky, like, kid trauma <laughs> in there to convince Northcutt that he needs to help and let this happen. So disguised as Santa, Fred visits all the kids all over the place and gives everyone their gifts, including Slam at the orphanage, who the only thing he wanted for Christmas was a dog. Uh, and Fred actually gets a chance to speak with Slam, even though he doesn't let on that it's Fred, and tells Slam, like, don't, you know, I know you think that Santa is bad, but he's not. Be, just be a better. You don't want to be on the naughty list. Be a better person. After all the gifts are delivered, Fred goes back to the North Pole, and Willie finally gets to share his feelings, finally gets the courage to share the feelings that he has for the tall elf, Charlene, played by Elizabeth Banks. Um, Fred and Nick end up making amends, and they hire Northcutt to work for the North Pole um, and help the North Pole become more efficient. And he brings in all this new modern technology. He has computers so we can make duplicates of all the letters in case something gets lost. He's got, you know, all these different things, assembly lines and different things that are gonna help the North Pole get better. And we also see Slam get adopted. Um, Fred ends up reconciling with Wanda and he takes her to Paris like he promised her like years ago and never ended up doing. Um, and then the next Christmas, the Claus family reunite and Chirp Chirp returns to the Clauses and lives in the birdhouse that Fred has like put out on his stoop because he lives in Chicago, <laughs> in an apartment in Chicago. So uh, before we jump to favorites and least favorites, I'm just going to talk about the cast real quick. So like I said, uh, Fred Claus is played by Vince Vaughn, and Nick is played by Paul Giamatti. And then we have um, Kathy Bates playing uh, Mrs. Claus, or the mom, Mother Claus, and Trevor Peacock playing Father Claus. And then Wanda is Rachel Weiss. And we have John Michael Higgins as Willie and Elizabeth Banks as Charlene. They are always together. They are like producing powerhouse partners. Uh, they did um, the Pitch Perfect series. They were the two judges in Pitch Perfect. If you don't recognize their names just off the top of your head. And Elizabeth Banks has been in a billion things. Like <laughs> she was Effie in The Hunger Games and was incredible. And then, of course, Kevin Spacey. What? Uh, and Ludacris as the DJ. It was fantastic. And then if you're eagle-eyed and watching this in 2023, you might notice a very tiny Dylan Minnette. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's getting, one of the kids in the orphanage. getting swung on. He was getting swung on. Uh, but, yeah, he's from, like, 13 Reasons Why and Supernatural and Grey's Anatomy and Agents. He's in tons of things. <laughs> uh, and there's also a cameo of Jeffrey Dean Morgan... He sure was. The parking ticket. He got a parking ticket. Fuck. And yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan was also in another, what I consider a Christmas movie, with Kathy Bates that came out this same year, 2007, uh, called P.S. I Love You, which I absolutely love. All right. Now to the things that you're all here for. The favorites and least favorites. Otis, what was your favorite or thing or person from this movie it's tough uh, fred had a lot of issues to him but like i said being a middle child i felt his pain on a lot of these things and i i get it and i guess grudges last a lot longer when you're immortal because you would think they would talk to each other about these things but even nick being a really nice guy he understands that his brother's kind of a, a fuck up and there's issues there it it felt realistic the brothers dealing with each other because like i said even though he's a saint he's like that's my brother man i can't you know and the wife is like he is a bum don't help him he's like it's my brother man i got I, I gotta do it you know 
but Fred, it, he, he was in like 95% of the scenes, and it was just really cool to see the journey of that character and just get better. So, uh, yeah, Fred. Fred was probably my favorite thing in the movie. Yeah, uh, I agree. Fred was also my favorite. Vince Vaughn, I've loved Vince Vaughn's movies for yeah, that too. 20 he's, years. Like Usually his character is really good in movies. He's so, so funny. He does, his characters are very similar throughout. Like, his character at the beginning of this movie is very similar to his character in uh, old school. Oh, yeah. And he's just, like, pushing and pushing and pushing. Like, oh, well, we could do this. Or we could do this. We could do this. We could be a little more sneaky. We could do these things. Um, but that's just Vince Vaughn, and he's freaking great. And I need him to make more movies, because I haven't seen a Vince Vaughn movie in the last, like, decade, it's except for Freaky. Yeah. Like, I need him to do more. Fucking Vince horror movies or whatever he wants to do. Come back, Vince Vaughn. You're our only hope. <laughs> All right, who is your least favorite character, and why is it Mrs. Claus? Okay, uh, I'll, I'll do it. Okay, it's weird because usually, actually not even usually, Mrs. Claus is the backbone of Christmas because at some point in these movies, every Santa I've seen in a movie, there's a moment where they have doubts or like, oh, I don't know if we're gonna get through this and. Is her name always Annette? No. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, I swear to God, it's another name. But it was weird. This Mrs. Claus was so doubting, and usually she's nicer than Nick for a lot of things. She, like, will be the one. It was just really goofy to see a mean Mrs. Claus. And I know it's stereotypical, and it's, like, actually pretty surface level, but usually Mrs. Claus is just fattening like Santa up the whole time and she's nice and making food for everybody. Now I get you don't want to have a, a actress just making food for the whole movie. I get that. It's just she was such a hater. It was weird, man. I was, it's just so grumpy. So in the claymation movie, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Mrs. Claus was uh, Jessica. Okay. I think. I swear there was a Martha out there. There's somewhere. probably a Martha. I think I've seen her name as Rosie as well in yeah. a couple movies. I can't remember from the Fat Man what her name was. I think he actually says her name. I don't and think just they... say Mrs. Claus. Let's I'll or look Mom. It, I'll look it up. You know, but, but I don't think they've anyone's has agreed like to no. what any of the character what Mrs. Claus's name is. Oh, her name is probably like her name it. was Ruth. Ruth. It's probably that sounds like a reasonable Mrs. Claus name, Ruth Claus. Yeah, but it's probably Finnish as fuck, right? Because Santa Claus is Finnish. Uh, I don't know. Or Welsh, or some other country. But like I'm saying about Mrs. Claus, this was the weirdest one I've ever seen. I've seen bad Santa Clauses. We talked about one. I've seen scary ones that kill. <clears throat> We've seen so, they run the gamut of Santa Clauses. But usually the, the, the constant is a good Mrs. Claus that just is supporting her husband and trying to just help have happy kids around the world. And it was really weird dealing with this one that was just like a normal wife. A grumpy, salty, normal wife. And I get it. Fred is a fuck up. And he wanted $50,000? Get the fuck out of here, you know? If Katie had a brother and he was like, hey, I need $50,000, i am like, you tell him to go eat my ass. I'm like, you're not doing that. And Katie's like, I have to. I'm nice. You know, I'm like, that's a lot of fucking money to give to a bum, you know? I, I get it. But she was crap in this movie. Annette was so shitty. Like, clearly, there had been a, an entire century, almost, where Fred hadn't talked to Nick. So, yeah. why? What What the hell was Annette's problem with him? Like, I get that he wasn't, like, your husband, but there was no freaking reason to be so shitty to him. And every turn, you were just, like, snaking into Santa's ear, trying to get your husband to shit on his brother. And it's like... You should know, one, you should know Santa better than that. And two, you should not be treating your husband's sibling like that. And it was a fucking mess. And I also, like, on top of her, like, she was absolutely the worst. But coming in at a close second was Kathy Bates, Mama Claus. Uh, because she was the worst at perpetuating this idea that Nicholas was fantastic like the best kid and fred yeah. was just kind of garbage and mediocre yeah and she didn't do anything to 
help Fred at all. She could, like, she had these, like, Santa Claus goggles on. And yeah. all she could see was Nick being fantastic. And then everything, every word in this movie that she said to Fred ended up being a criticism of him. Even at the end, when he saved Christmas and oh, everything was great. Clothes, she yeah. was like, hey, like, your clothes are kind of not great. Like, I forgot about you that. You could be wearing better clothes or yeah. whatever. And it's just like... Bro, could you fucking lay off him for a goddamn minute, Kathy Bates? <laughs> like, you're excellent at this character. I know you are because you're Kathy Bates and you're excellent. But come on. <laughs> yeah, it was a mess. All right. Seven word synopsis. So I have one. I think I could have came up with a second one. But the only one that popped out to me was a question that I had. Does Dan, does Santa deal with expensive gift orders? Now, we saw that people had these lists of things, and I've always had the question about what's the limit of what Santa makes? Because he makes everything in all the versions we see. So, there have been quite a few versions of Santa in recent years in a lot of the newer movies where Santa will be discussing toys and things, Mm -hmm. and... He basically brings up that it is really hard for the North Pole to continue making the things that are on people's gift list because microchips are really hard to make and to produce quickly and in mass. So a lot of kids' toys now are microchips. Kids are asking for iPhones. Kids are asking for tablets. Kids are asking for... Um, like computers and Xboxes and Playstations and things like that. And there have been a few modern movies that touch on that and it's just like, well, we can't do that. We cannot make this many things or, you know, we're trying to make all these things, but it's hard. Yeah. Um, so there have been a few movies that deal with that, but I think a lot of the older movies don't even bother getting into more modern technology. Like, even the movies in the 90s, like, the we keep bringing it up, the Tim Allen Santa Claus, they aren't dealing with uh, Super Nintendos at all, or Nintendos or things like that. And I know that that was on the top of, like, every kid's freaking wish list in 1994, whenever that movie came out. Like, that was at the top. But the stuff, the toys that we ended up seeing in that movie are, like, the common commonly associated with santa toys up to that point we're seeing you know stuffed animals we're seeing bikes maybe roller skates yeah we're seeing like all sorts of balls for all different sports like a lot of outside toys and that's really like the toy thing that santa does not so much the really expensive toys. Yeah. And I've even seen a push online in the last couple of years. A lot of people, um, just this general idea of people online asking for, um, parents who can afford and are giving their kids those gifts, the Xboxes, the iPads and things like that. Don't tell your kid that those gifts are from Santa. Yeah. Because when they go to school, And are telling their friends, like, Santa bought me an Xbox. Or Santa bought me a new iPad. The other kids whose parents can't afford to put iPads and Xboxes under the tree are going to feel like shit. Because Santa only brought them, like, a baseball baseball bat and a ball. Or a baseball glove. Or a, you know, a pair of roller skates. Like, there's a big price point difference between, you know, a $40 baseball glove and a $500 Xbox or a $1,000 iPad. So I have seen like a big push even online of parents just trying to reason with other parents, trying to get everyone to understand like, sure, keep the magic of Santa alive and keep that going in, you know, whatever, if your kid believes in it, keep doing that. But don't put Santa's name on the super expensive gifts. Yeah. Put Santa's name on the lesser thing that your kid asks for. Like, I want a new set of markers. Like, fancy drawing markers or whatever. Like, get, make that from Santa. Don't make the giant extravagant purchase from Santa. Because that just makes other kids feel bad. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was like a whole ass tangent. Can you tell I watch a lot of fucking <laughs> holiday <laughs> movies? 
Okay. <laughs> um, my seven word synopsis. Brother gets overshadowed by, by brother who's Santa. And then naughty list kid becomes vengeful against Santa. <laughs> and my last one is a quote. I'm sorry I cut down your tree. No. It was exactly what Nick wrote in the letter he sent to Fred. And it was just like very sweet. <laughs> All right. What do you think the budget for Fred Claus is? This movie came out November 9th, 2007. Okay. The CG was a mess, so I know they probably thought they were big dicking it with it. And had some pretty good names in the movie. People younger, so I don't know how hot they were. I'm going to say 60 million. Not a bad guess. That's honestly more than i would have guessed <laughs> uh but the budget was 100 million dollars yeah, damn so to put that in perspective Fuck. christmas movies like the last few that we've done have been really modern so they like were really really new so they haven't had any budget yeah information but Christmas movies in general cost a lot. They're like war settings movies and stuff. because yeah. the settings and the way like to make things look like the North Pole and the costuming is always outrageous. That's true. That is true. For Christmas movies. So keep that in mind for the future when we do some more Christmas movies that are that actually have budget information. <laughs> okay, so what do you think knowing now that the budget was 100 million? What do you think the box office for Fred Claus was? When did it come out? 2007. Uh, what month? November. Okay, okay. Before Thanksgiving. Oh, shit. That's kind of early. But they dropped it in November, which we always talk about. If you want to make good money, you want to do that. So, budget's 100. I'm going to say 175. That's a decent guess, because this movie's pretty good, but it was a flop oh no this movie made <laughs> not by much i guess this movie made 97.8 million dollars i get it so they did not reach their budget which means they definitely didn't make their money because no. you have to also include like advertising and stuff on top of that yeah. uh so yeah this movie did not do great and honestly, I never hear anyone talking about this movie, so I don't know that anyone even likes this movie besides, like, a handful of folks. <laughs> um, it did not do well, critic-wise. It has so, a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, So it's funny, one of the reviews I saw, it was kind of what I was saying earlier... It says, like, this movie can't quite get the balance between slapstick humor and mm -hmm. schmaltzy uplift. And that's what I was saying. I was like, it feels like it wants to be a kid's movie, yeah. but then it wants to just throw out real shit like, man, I really hate my brother. And it's like real stuff, you know? Yeah. And they couldn't get the right combination of it. So I was like, is this a fucking kid's movie? Because the sounds and stuff, but then it's well, like... Well, it's kind of like Jingle All the Way. Yeah. Like, Jingle All the Way was dealing with some adult stuff in the background but then every time he would like go on an adventure to try and get a turbo man they'd play like ridiculous ass sounds in the yeah, background and just like there are a lot of christmas movies that fall in this same like problem area yeah where no one's really sure what like should we go super kitty or should it be kind of more serious and fun and I think, I know a lot of people, well, I know some people don't like this movie, but I love Elf. And I think Elf did a really, really good job of dealing with adult stuff and the kiddie side of it and keeping the, like, additional sounds to a minimum. Like, they did not throw in a lot of wonky sounds as things were happening. Yeah. The most you really get is when he's in the workshop being punished and testing out the jack in the boxes and you just hear oh, the, that laugh and then it pops out and it laughs at him like but that's the sound from the jack in the box so it's like it's not out of place and weird like it's not just like weird boingy spring sounds because somebody fell or whatever like i think they do a really good job in that movie in particular in mm -hmm. keeping it like right in the middle of 
Like, it's funny and it's for kids, and it's also got some funny adult stuff in it. So, Otis, do you have anything else to say about Fred Claus before we get this wrapped up? So, I will say, in the scope of Christmassy shit and how it feels and all that stuff, there is some feels there. It takes a while to get there because Fred's a grump and Nick is, like, trying to not be a grump to his brother. But I think after he hurts his back and Fred comes back and sets everything up, I'm like... This is a legit Christmas movie. And honestly, they could have toned down his grumpiness. And they didn't need the the uh, evil guy there, Northcutt. It could have been just them fussing and he hurts his back. He's like, fuck, you gotta do it. And he's like, I guess. You know? Yeah. They didn't really need that guy with the three strikes. That was just kind of contrived. Yeah. But it, it's good. It's good. I think a little too long. I'd like to see. Taste. I'd like to see a cut of this movie. Like somebody make a cut of this movie on YouTube and just cut out Kevin Spacey's parts because honestly, his parts, like the three strikes part, could be completely. They just needed someone to be they like could take that's it out. the villain. They, that's, yeah, but you could. Was, but you, you could know? take that part yeah, out easily. and still have a decent movie. Yeah. So like, if you just cut out the little Northcutt parts, besides the very end, I guess, like oh. introduce him at the beginning and then introduce him at the end. Like, oh, now he like. He's here as an efficiency expert, and now he works for us. That's it. Like, cut all the rest of the middle part out with yeah. all the strikes, and that would chop down, you know, 10 or 15 minutes out of this film and make for less Kevin Spacey, which is great for everyone, and make a better film, I think. Yeah. I think this movie is good. Uh, apart from the weird CGI, um... It's pretty good. It does give you the feels, but it, like Otis said, it does take a long time to get there. So I would recommend watching it if you've never seen it, uh, but it doesn't have to be... It probably won't become one of those movies that you got to watch every year. Just unlikely. Yeah. Because of how silly it, it is. I would say give it, a, it. give it a look-see up front, and you'll be like, okay. And that's it, really. Yeah. All right. So if you have questions, comments, or suggestions on what we should watch next... You can hit us up on Twitter at Allentown Pod, on Facebook at Allentown Presents, or send us an email at AllentownPresents at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to the third episode of our Christmas movie countdown. We will be back again tomorrow with another episode. Bye. See you guys. <laughs>